welcome to another episode in the Day of the Life series of the Supply Chain Careers podcast. In this series, you hear directly from supply chain professionals about their current positions, their day-to-day responsibilities, what they enjoy about their positions, and how to best prepare yourself to be successful to do the work, plus what it takes to get there and continue advancing along the many career paths in supply chain. This podcast is made possible by SCM Talent Group, the industry-leading supply chain executive search firm. Visit SCM Talent Group at scmtalent.com. To search for or to post supply chain jobs, visit the Supply Chain Job Board at supplychaincareers.com. Are you tired of struggling to optimize your supply chain? Look no further than ProfitPoint, the experts in supply chain network design and technology integration solutions. With their experienced team, they'll help you streamline your operations to lower costs and maximize profits. Don't let inefficiencies hold you back any longer. Choose ProfitPoint for all your supply chain needs. Visit ProfitPoint.com to learn more. That's ProfitPT.com. I'm your podcast co-host, Mike Ogle. And I'm your podcast co-host, Chris Gaffney. Welcome to another episode in our series on a day in the life. This is our series where we spotlight roles throughout the supply chain continuum to help you navigate and develop your own career path. And we're bringing professionals to the table to speak about their particular role and what they do to be successful in their role day to day. And I am Chris Gaffney, and my co-host, Mike Ogle, and I are thrilled to welcome Tim York to the series. Tim, thank you for joining us. And we're going to make this simple for the audience. We're going to go through a set of questions, and those questions will help folks understand what you do day to day. So if you're ready to go, we'll dive in, and I'll ask Mike to lead off. Sounds good, John. Thanks, Chris, and good to have you with us, Tim. How long have you been working in this particular area, and what led you to pursue this type of role? So the continuous improvement function, really, for me personally, the entirety of my career in manufacturing has been involved in some sort of lean methodologies. So really, my first career step was a tier one automotive manufacturer. And of course, we all know they're steeped in lean methodologies in the Toyota lean system. So from our early time, the lean principles were taught at really every level of the organization. So even again, starting out at the production floor level, working through the different positions that I was in, there were different tools and principles that we would apply to everything we did. So my experience is essentially hands-on, right? So through training courses, through various entities, things like that, just continuing education, that's really where I got to the role I'm in now, just applying all those tools that that I learned in free education over the years, if you will. So, Tim, if you think about all those kind of skills that you picked up in your tool bag along the way to prepare you for your current role, where you're in more of a continuous improvement leadership role, you had to give people advice on what the critical kind of both hard CI skills are and what are the soft skills to make an impact in that space are the few that you would really spotlight for those who kind of aspire to something similar? From a soft skill standpoint, I'd say obviously understanding kind of a a thinking outside of the box type 
mindset, right? So we understand we look at processes, the ability to ask the questions why we do things that we do. So being able to look at a process to kind of analyze it in your own mind and find ways to make that better, I would I would consider those soft skills from a hard skill standpoint. Again, like I said before, it's free education out there that these companies offer, right? Those of us that are on the production floor to those that are in a senior leadership role. And it's taking advantage of those experiences. Some companies they really want a candidate or an associate that has the certifications, right? We've gone through our college careers and maybe that's what our degree path was in is in continuous improvement or those types of regimens. And some companies like where I'm at now, they really wanted somebody who was hands-on, somebody who started from the ground and got their hands dirty when doing the work from the production floor on up. So the best piece of advice I can tell you is when you step into a role uh, in continuous improvement, learn to dislike the phrase, we've always done it that way. Right, because that that's what gets us every time, right? That's what keeps us from being able to sustain any significant level of improvement. You know, you have the challenge of working with tenured employees that have done things a certain way over a long period of time. And and you've got to be able to drive the culture to the who moved my cheese mentality, if you will. Get out there with your current organizations and ask the questions, you know, do we do six sigma projects? We're into yellow belt and green belt projects that exist out there in many organizations. And I would definitely give the advice to somebody who's wanting to continue to, to grow in the profession and get in, involved in these projects, whether it's leading the project or if it's being part of a cross-functional team, you know, that you learn tools that really in any manufacturing environment are absolutely applicable for continuous improvement. And it just obviously builds your resume having those experiences. Tim. At a high level and looking at some of the objectives of your role and then trying to provide people with a little bit of a high level overview as well of the typical day-to-day tasks. Can you help somebody understand those objectives and tasks? Sure. So really overall, the role in my role, the objective, essentially it's simple, right? It's make the processes safer, make them better and make them faster, right? So that, I mean, that's really what we're trying to function with. You know, it's creating production flows that essentially eliminate the eight forms of waste and give us the opportunity to, to function at a high level of efficiency in a safe, quality-minded fashion. Uh, one of the neat things, day, the day-to-day tasks are really fluid, right? So the ability to multitask is a huge key to what I do every day when I go into work. Um, the continuous improvement role, essentially, it touches many functions within the organization, right? So it's not just safety. It's not just quality. Uh, there's the production flows we talk about. There's standardization things that we talk about. It's utilizing primitive knowledge to make the processes better. So um, you're really touching a lot of things in the business. A day could be going in and, and putting your hands on moving furniture around the plant, right? Are we maximizing where our equipment is sit- sitting to be able to provide us with, with good throughput? It could be time studies, right? I could spend a day out on the line just with a stopwatch and collecting data. Me personally, uh, I find a lot of value in working shoulder to shoulder with our production associates. I feel like they're our greatest asset to the subject matter experts. So a day could be spent running a machine for palletizing parts or whatever those tedious tasks can be to obviously earn the respect of my associates, uh, but learn the job and be able to make educated decisions on how to make the process better, right? So, and then there's analyzing data and other types of administrative tasks that go along with it, you know. A lot of spreadsheet crunching, right? A lot of digging down and pivot tables and things like that. So 
it just kind of all depends on what we're trying to facilitate at the time. What the senior leaderships, where do they have their heartburn? And those are the tasks that we go through and we tackle on a day-to-day basis. When you get reviewed on a regular basis, what are the big picture kinds of things that those that you report to really have in mind to talk with you about? Sure. No, that's a great question. It comes down to the bottom line, essentially, right? We're trying to make our processes better so we're more profitable in the end. That's what we're doing. And the steps that we go through to get there, that's what the people that I report to, that's what they're looking for, right? I always uh, tell people in the past, and I tell my subordinates, we're an indirect role within the business. So at minimum, one of our objectives needs to be to provide the company with cost savings or cost avoidance that essentially uh, mitigate what our salaries are, right? So when I sit down with my senior leadership, that's what I'm bringing to the table. You know, these, these are the projects that we're working on. Here's what our ROIs that we're focusing on. And here's the projects as we move forward, right? And what the benefits of those are uh, to the business, right? Because that's, again, being indirect, our sole purpose in life is safer, better, faster. And what are we doing to get there? So those, that's what I bring to the table with my senior leadership. Uh, one of the things I facilitate at my current organization is I do a weekly download. Uh, with the CEO and the president of the company, just to show them, you know, here's the here's the hit list, if you will, that we're working on. Here's the status of where we're at. Um, if we have any roadblocks that we need some support to get through, whether it be financial, whether it just be directive, uh, the efforts are to bring these things to the table and show that we're providing. What to, it's a checks and balances, right? We want to make sure that we're providing value in our roles for the organization, but also meeting those key metrics that our senior leadership. Is expecting to see you having the bottom line. Tim, you mentioned a lot of interaction with the direct folks in the process that you work with and support. But given that we're talking about an end-to-end supply chain, there are upstream and downstream players involved, both inside of the organization and outside. So as you, you think about your work, the projects, that type of thing, who are the other stakeholders upstream and downstream of the direct process you interact with that come into play as you're trying to make some of those improvements? Yeah, sure. The key stakeholders, in my opinion, they really exist at every level of the organization, right? So we talk about our board of directors, right? They're, they're talking bottom line. We want to see profit margins. We want to see revenue increase year over year, right? You've got the Operations leadership team, they're under you know, a lot of pressure, especially in today's environment where supply chain can be compromised to a pretty significant level. Uh, we see the available workforce, if you will, has declined to some extent, right? So how do we overcome the challenges of being able to get folks in the door and get them out on the production floor to work, right? So we find ourselves walking down the path of automation and things of that nature. Um, and then Again, to your point, when we talk about direct associates, again, I'm a firm believer that if you want to improve your process, it starts at the production floor. Right? These are our subject matter experts. These are the folks that they live in that process. This is their home. right? And so our engineers out there in, in the workforce, they're very intelligent. You know, Our management's very intelligent. Um, but we're kidding ourselves if we don't understand that our workforce is really who drives the improvement. And so they're a huge key stakeholder for me. And so that's why, you know, I make the point. I, I like to get out there and work with our uh, associates on the floor because they're the ones that are doing the job. They're the ones that are going to drive that revenue and that bottom line and keep us in the black. And so I think it's critical to make sure that we spend a lot of time focusing on what their needs are. And we talk about process improvements and things like that, but it could be something as simple as 
tools they need to do the job, right? Things that we overlook or uh, we don't understand the value in it and something small as a, as a tool can be instrumental in them increasing what their efficiencies are every day. So I think in summary, I feel like they're stakeholders at every level of the organization. Uh, in my role, it's imperative that I understand what those individuals need to satisfy their direction or, or their key indicators. I will ask a follow-up. If I think of my own experience in continuous improvement. At some points, we had issues with our ability to either have machinery work the way it was supposed to or raw material didn't perform. So we worked upstream, whether it's upstream with an equipment vendor or a raw material vendor, when we had to address something that was limiting our ability to deliver our output. Talk to me about that type of interaction as well. Yeah, so it's a good question. Uh, when we work upstream, you know, we look at the different, essentially, what are the bottlenecks? What are the elements that are keeping us from producing what we need to produce? And so when we talk about suppliers and vendors, I did a, about a five-year stint as a senior purchasing agent uh, in the automotive industry. And what I figured out at those times is that there's these companies out there that we rely on for our raw materials or uh, equipment service needs, you know, they have a really fantastic engineering group, right? And so you know, this is their bread and butter. Uh, and so relying on those groups to bring in third parties and when, when we have issues that we need to address, say it's from a machinery standpoint, who's the representative of these particular pieces of equipment and utilizing the resources that exist there upstream to increase whatever that productivity or you know, whatever the issue is, the roadblock that we run into. And so from my position, it's, it's working very closely with the sourcing groups and material groups to understand what that roadblock is and what our options are. So if it's utilizing our third-party resources, or maybe it's looking to diversify our supplier base, so we're functioning maybe more domestically or more North American, if you will, right, versus going across the pond to get our product. During this short break, we recognize that this podcast is made possible by SCM Talent Group, the industry-leading supply chain executive search firm. Visit SCM Talent Group at scmtalent.com. To search for or to post supply chain jobs, visit the Supply Chain Job Board at supplychaincareers.com. Are you tired of struggling to optimize your supply chain? Look no further than ProfitPoint, the experts in supply chain network design and technology integration solutions. With their experienced team, they'll help you streamline your operations to lower costs and maximize profits. Don't let inefficiencies hold you back any longer. Choose ProfitPoint for all your supply chain needs. Visit ProfitPoint.com to learn more. That's ProfitPT.com. Hey, and Tim, a question we always like to ask, especially in a day in the life, what do you enjoy the most out of your job? That's a great question because we could probably be on here a long time talking about that, you know. But uh, I think I think the most enjoyable part of what I do every day is is the interaction that I have with the entire organization. Just a kind of a synopsis of my history. I'm I'm an operations guy at heart. I mean, that's really from the production floor through uh, facility management. Those are the types of functions I've done. So, the human resource element, the KPI element, right? The profit and loss elements, right? And then, so you dealt with those every day and the stress and pressure that comes with those. And there's still pressure and stress that come from a continuous improvement director. But like I said earlier, I touch multiple facets of the business. 
And so that interaction with every level of the organization and the team members, that's probably the most satisfying part. If it's sitting out on the line and I'm working with some uh, one of our associates and they say, if I had a hole punch right here, man, I could just, I could knock so much more of this out. And you go, you get them that tool and they're excited about it, right? I mean, they can't wait to get that next product come down the line and use this new tool. You know, that's, that's extremely satisfying. You sit in the, in this role, the job's all about success, right? It's all about win. It's all about trying things, you know, having a hypothesis of how we can make it better and collecting the data and having a win, right? If it's a small win or it's a big win, you know, it's just, it's fun, right? It's exciting. No, I don't feel like the majority of people wake up in the morning and turn their alarm clock off and say, I'm going to go fail today. You know, I think people get up by nature, we're competitors and we want to win. And I get to be in a role that gets to help facilitate, you know, our team having those little or big successes, you know, really every day, right? I'll ask the flip side. Tim, what are the most challenging aspects of your day-to-day? Obviously, watchouts or things for people thinking about this to know what they're getting into. Sure. Yeah, that's, uh, I feel like that's a strength, what's your strength, what's your weaknesses kind of question in an interview, right? But uh, no, I think, honestly, truthfully, one of the biggest challenges is the workforce that we do have in place right now, right? We talked about it's hard to build our workforce just because the, the folks aren't available. The end result is you have a tenured workforce, right? And they've been doing things a certain way for a very long time and it's work, right? So the old cliche is why fix it if it's not broke, you know? Um, and I think the biggest challenge is when you walk in, you have those folks that are anchors and, you know, there's reliables they come and we've got to have them to run a business. Um, but when you try to change the culture, there's always apprehension right? There's always pushback. And that's probably the biggest challenge I feel like we face from a continuous improvement standpoint is how do I tell the 20-year employee that we can do this better when he or she doesn't see anything wrong with what they're doing, right? So that's that's probably the biggest challenge is, is really driving a culture to say we've always done it that way, not being an okay statement, right? And Tim, one of the primary reasons we get into this day in the life is to be able to help people understand career paths as well as the individual jobs. And we always like to get an idea of rather than you personally, but you think about somebody in this type of position that you're in, where do you go from here? And then the other piece of advice, if you've got that as well, is how do people get to where you are? Yeah, so I think for a common career path, I think there's a multitude of ways to go, right? Because um, like I said before, you've got organizations out there that want somebody who's gone through the education process and gotten the degrees that way. And you've got folks that are like me that have gone kind of, I'll say the blue collar route and, and really taken advantage of the opportunities that were set in front of them. So to me, a common path for continuous improvement is going through a certification type function. There's plenty of entities out there technical colleges and programs that are specifically designed that teach lean methodologies, right? I feel personally there's more value in the hands-on, taking advantage of the education that uh, organizations will provide to you and having that foundation of understanding kind of how the cogs work, right? You've been out there and you've turned the wrenches and so you really understand that. So for folks out there that are looking to go down the path of continuous improvement, I, I think really if you can Kind of find a delta between both those paths is never a bad thing because having that hands-on experience, I believe, is key, right? Uh, I feel you go out there and you have that 20-year tenured employee and you say, I've got this piece of paper and I'm going to show you how things are going to be better. You're going to get bucked off the horse real quick, right? So, um, And then for me personally, from a growth standpoint, 
I'm a believer in take a step and stabilize. You know, I'd love to tell you that at some point, well, I won't lie to you. I'd love to be the CEO of a company. I mean, that's absolutely a, a goal of mine. Do I tell you that in the sense that I have a timeline on, on it? I don't, because again, I've taken this role as director of continuous improvement for the organization. So I have multiple plants that I'm functioning uh, with, and I want to stabilize that, right? So, so the next step can be what it's going to be right now. The first step is to make my organization stronger by utilizing those tools that I gained by walking down the path that I did. When I look at my peers across other industries, and you know, a good friend of mine, he just took a position as a director of continuous improvement over several plants uh, in the Midwest, and his path was the same as mine. Right? He, him and I worked on the floor uh, at the automotive plant, you know, making parts. And he took a path of a continuous improvement leaders, what they call it, a lead organization, which his main focus was, you know, the, the basic lean tools, the five Y, the fish bones, the time studies, analyzing data where we would gain the most from a productivity standpoint. So I honestly feel like the path that my peer and I have gone is really one of the most valuable, right? Because you're still taking advantage of the education the organization's providing for you. It's probably not a secret that most companies within the United States are looking at these lean methodologies and implying continuous improvement in every element they can at every level of the organization. Um, and so they're obviously, you know, companies are going to be inclined to want to train their associates to apply these tools. And so I think walking the path, we took advantage of the opportunities that the organization offered to us. Uh, asked a lot of questions and got our hands dirty in a lot of the things that were going on, right? You said it yourself. You aspire to run a business one day. So your experience, where do you think success in the current role could lead you? Or where have you seen it lead others in terms of where they go, where they go from here? From a continuous improvement standpoint, the nice thing about that is it's a toolbox that applies to so many different areas of the business that getting to senior leadership roles is a very clear path, right? Because we have that knowledge, we have the applicable experience of applying these tools at the production level, uh, even into administrative levels. So I believe the path, again, my peers are essentially kind of sitting around the same level I am right now, which I, I'm actually pretty happy to be at this level, to be honest with you. But Let's say we go back to a plant function, right? And we have an individual that is a continuous improvement leader, a continuous improvement technician. These are the individuals I've seen who apply those tools and they'll make the improvements that they make. And these are our next keystone supervisors, right? And these are our next value stream managers, right? Because they're applying these tools and they're improving on their certain areas of responsibility, right? Whether it be a production crew or if it's an entire department, uh, and then progressing, obviously, up to plant management. Um, I think it's a clear path to, say, a vice president of operations or a president of operations. I think you get into senior operations leadership very easily uh, by having the experience in the lean methodologies because uh, so, they're so applicable to really every aspect of the business. I would absolutely agree with you. And I think that's a key message for our audience. Many folks aspire to those roles. and. Sure. In many cases, the clearest path is to be in that hands-on interaction, improving the process at one scale, moving up, improving a department, moving up, improving an entire operation. So I think that's great insight. So the last question I would ask, I would normally ask what advice do you give others who are interested in this, but I'm going to ask it in a different way. What advice would you give 
your younger self at the front end of this journey that might have helped you along the way? That's a that's a loaded question, Chris. You know, if you think about it, what would we tell ourselves when we were 18 years old, right? We'd probably have a lot to say. You got it. But no, I think uh, if I was to go back and tell young Tim York what he needs to do, uh, it would be the, it would be the same advice that I've said here. Take advantage of what the company offers, right? I think young Tim York was probably, well, I know he was very stubborn, right? And he knew everything that nobody could tell him any different. And it took a little bit of some hard knocks, a couple knots on the head to realize that there's opportunity out there if you want it. Maybe I didn't feel like the company was for me or the company was against me, or maybe they didn't have my best interest in mind. And the truth of it is, is the company is functioning just like if we were trying to run our own business, right? That's what these individuals in senior leadership are doing. They have KPIs that they have to report to, and so they're running a business. And so it's not a function of the company's against your, the company offers these opportunities. And so 18-year-old Tim York, I tell him, take advantage of it, right? Don't be stubborn right off the get-go and understand when they sit out there and they say, we're going to do a project on your machine. And we want you to be a part of it. I say, jump in front of that. Get in the middle of that team and be part of it and learn everything. Be a sponge and soak up everything they're going to teach you because it's free education. Most companies offer tuition reimbursement. Okay, take advantage of that. The company's not against you. The company's there to help you. You are their most valuable asset. And the company wants to see you grow as much as you want to grow within the organization, obviously, right? I've always believed you have anchors and you have climbers. Okay. And to me, the, our folks that are anchors, the John or Jane Doe that comes in at 5.30 in the morning with their lunch bucket and they go to work. And when three o'clock rolls around, they clock out and they go home. That's what they want to do. I want to take care of my family. And that's absolutely key to running a business, right? But we also have to have climbers. And I was lucky younger in my career that I had managers that recognized that I was hungry to learn more and, and progress. And they took the opportunity to wrap their hands around me and listen to me when I asked questions, even if they were silly questions, I still asked the questions. I wanted to know, you know, teach me more. I am putting forth the effort and the initiative. We need those. Those are our next leaders, right? Those are, we go through succession planning. We need those folks. Uh, and it's our opportunity as leaders uh, to really teach them, right? Teach them the, the things that we learned the hard way. Uh, let them make some mistakes, cultivate that next generation to lead the business and the teams to continue to be successful in the businesses. Well, Tim, this has been wonderful and exactly what we would hope. And I think a lot of businesses and we would encourage continuous improvement as potentially a linchpin experience for many career paths. So you have done a great job kind of getting light on what a day in the life looks like for someone in a CI leadership role. So we thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for taking time. And I'm excited to help the next person or next generation that wants to move into these kinds of opportunities. It's a lot of fun, very satisfying role. To be. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Supply Chain Careers Podcast. Be sure to listen to other episodes and sign up to be notified when future episodes are released as we continue to interview industry-leading supply chain experts. This podcast is made possible by SCM Talent Group, the industry-leading supply chain executive search firm. Visit SCM Talent Group at scmtalent.com. To search for or to post supply chain jobs, 
visit the Supply Chain Job Board at supplychaincareers.com. Are you tired of struggling to optimize your supply chain? Look no further than ProfitPoint, the experts in supply chain network design and technology integration solutions. Visit ProfitPoint.com to learn more. That's ProfitPT.com.